Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey, 
Hey everyone, welcome back to MVC. This is Rich. You gone. can't see it, but you just missed a nice little jig, care of our yeah. host today. Well, well, because we did like editing, and now we have music and stuff like that. So I'm back after a very long time He's away. He's back from the dead, everyone. Yeah, from Japan and all that good stuff. I'm here with Audrey. Hey everyone. So it's just the two of us this week, and for kind of a specific reason, you may have noticed we're playing Zelda music. So. If you've been reading the site at all today or tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this, you probably will have noticed quite a bit of Zelda coverage. Um, basically, Nintendo has started to let us play the game. Yay! Yay! <laughs> After, you know, a whole summer of basically playing the same three demos over and over at various events. Um, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've actually fought Gear Him <laughs> now. But uh, now yeah, we're actually starting but to he's do. Still, he still kicked your butt, didn't he? He's a tricky little bugger. He's a tricky little bugger. Um, but uh, yeah, now we're now we're finally able to play a considerable amount of the game. So what we're going to do? A couple notes. Uh, one thing is, is that anytime when you're listening to this podcast, when you're reading the articles that you see on the site, which we're going to be doing a lot of them, uh, we have like I think between the two of us, like fifty pages of notes or something like that. Yeah, uh, quite a few. We have a lot of new information on this game. It's yeah, very exciting. And 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 I mean, like we were just sitting there taking notes about every little thing we noticed, and uh, so. If you have questions about Zelda specifically, please email Nintendo at IGN.com. I know normally you guys email MVC at IGN.com, but we're going to do Nintendo at IGN.com for a variety of reasons, one of which is later on down the line, Audrey and I want to do like giant mailbags and do kind of question and answer sessions and stuff like that. And I think we may even do one of our fancy live NVCs um, just focusing on Zelda. We're still kind of figuring out what we want to do since we've got like, uh, what is it, about seven weeks till Zelda it's comes launch, out? launch, yeah, yeah. About seven weeks. Mm-hmm. So here's the idea. Uh, we had a chance to go and play about nine hours of Zelda. And we are sort of locked down under certain circumstances in terms of what we can talk about and when we can talk about it. And oddly enough, we're not actually even allowed to tell you um, what else we've played up to, you know, past what we're allowed to say. And we're not even allowed to tell you when we'll be able to tell you more, um, which is kind of strange, but we'll do our best. Um, we are able to talk about a certain amount now, though, which is why we're doing this. Yeah, we um, can't break these embargoes or Nintendo will literally cut our hands off. Yeah. It's part so, of the deal. I won't I won't get into too much more detail about when you'll see more but you know you've only got 7 weeks so there will be more and, uh, and whatever little yeah. questions you have, you know, just think them up and send them to Nintendo yeah. at IGN.com. Because as soon as all of the embargoes lift, we can just have yeah. a free-for-all and answer everything. Exactly. And until then, it'll probably be a little more of a controlled uh, method of information delivery just so that we don't have, like, ninjas coming after us. <laughs> um, but we, we have a lot of things broken down. You, you know, today I put up an article uh, just talking about kind of the experience of kind of the opening couple hours of the game or so. And, uh, you know, tomorrow Audrey's going to have a piece about some other stuff. Um, and then we've actually sort of – what we've done is rather than, like, give you guys two pages of, of content that, um, you know, tries to generally talk about everything, uh, we're trying to kind of really break down and go into detail, not so much as in a way of spoilers. I think, you know, honestly, probably the most spoilerish we'll get are probably these first two days. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't even think we're getting too spoiler. Yours might be more spoiler. Than mine. Yeah, mine's not, mine might have a few spoilers, but I'll label any really yeah. big ones. But um, and again, everyone, we're only you know we're only talking about 
Like we're literally just on Skyloft and we're just talking about kind of the opening moments of the game. So I don't think you guys have too much to worry about. And again, you know, Miyamoto has kind of gone on record saying this game is somewhere between 50 and 100 hours long. So we just um, scratched to the surface. Yeah, and I, I think I think if you were to go to kind of towards that 100 figure, you're talking about like that second playthrough idea yeah, or whatever yeah, they're talking the about there. boss mode. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, even if we were to tell you a lot, we're still just scratching the surface. Yeah, but you if know. you're really a stickler about not wanting to know anything about the game, um, well, you're going to miss out on a lot of exciting <laughs> yeah. stuff, but you what, might want to steer clear of this podcast. What I will say, though, yeah, things. this podcast for sure. Um, so, but, but, you know, again, like if you guys are sitting there and you're on the fence about Skyward Sword, I would risk spoilers for the sake of getting excited because this is a game worth getting excited about. Um, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, the other thing to note is, like, we're not just going to be talking about story elements. Like, I did a lot in my first piece today um, because just the, the way the game introduces itself, I thought, was was quite strong. Uh, but we're going to be breaking down stuff like control. We're going to be talking yeah. about graphics. We're, and we're going to talk about that a bit in this podcast, too, because we didn't necessarily get into those details in our mm. articles. And there's some concerns that people have had that we'll address, yeah. too. Like, Rich just put up an article about the HUD system in Skyward yeah. Sword that yep. is really a relief for people who are worried about that cluttered oh, display. That thing was hideous. It was so. terrible. Um, so, yeah. So, lots of different things coming up. You know, you kind of be able to tell if it's going to be spoilery or not by just sort of the titles of the things. You know, we'll be, we'll be breaking down controls graphics for example like i said um next week i think um lots to come um we have quite a bit of plans and that's just kind of specific to the demo or, or session we had with the game which was a very lengthy one broken into pieces in terms of what we tell you um and that's not counting whenever we get the full game and whatever we're allowed to say at that point and i don't know when that will happen um, so basically over the next few weeks, there's going to be Zelda information just streaming in. Yeah, and I mean, the one, the one thing I'd also say is, you know, the game, what, what Nintendo continues to reveal about the game surprises even me. So mm-hmm. the trailer that was released this morning, uh, the, the main one that, like, is the first one in my article, um, that had stuff I'd never seen before. Yeah, yeah. So, that's kind of cool. So, I mean, there's there's a ton in this game. I mean, it's just that simple. And it seems like they're being fairly conservative in what they tell us. Now, so. It's funny, though. The more they reveal, the more kind of exciting it becomes. Because, obviously, we've been excited about it because it's yeah. a big Zelda game. But, uh, honestly, I wasn't really just full-out excited until I started, until I played it, until I've seen all this new stuff. And now yeah. it looks like it's actually going to shape up to be just a, a really great game. Well, so that was so. kind of the weird thing for me is, like... I mean, Zelda is my favorite franchise, hands down. Mm. Um, I don't think there's been a... I mean, not counting the CDI games, but like, <laughs> there hasn't been a bad Zelda game. No, no, you not know? one that was made. I would say that the portable Nintendo, ones yeah. are not necessarily all that appealing to me. Spirit Tracks and uh, Phantom Hourglass. Yeah, I would say the touch uh, portable games yeah. aren't... I know, they're still good, but yeah. they're not as... They're just not quite, control-wise, they're just not quite what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But, by and large, as a general rule, Zelda my favorite franchise. I've loved all the games. Um, this one was weird to me, though, and it wasn't that I wasn't looking forward to it, because I was. 
but the E3 demos didn't, I don't think, did, did, they didn't really do it justice. Mm-hmm. So, Well, the way they presented the game at first, I think, had that effect on a lot of people. It's like yeah. they weren't expecting that art style. It's sort of the Wind Waker thing. Uh-huh. It's not what they wanted. It's not realistic. And yeah. the motion controls, you know, after coming out of Twilight Princess, people were like, eh, I'm sick of waggling. Yeah, and, well, and then you had five years of waggling, too. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. So. Um, I mean, yeah, and, and so you're talking about, let's see, like, E3 2010, we had some sort of foresty level, you know, without any context in the greater game, just, just foresty level. And there wasn't much to do there, and you're just kind of like, oh, okay. And then this year, we played three segments, mm-hmm. uh, Gear Him Boss Fight, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, the Bird Flying. Dungeon and Bird Flying. Mm-hmm. And, and again... Three random segments, don't quite know where they were. And, you know, the other trick about when you play these games at E3 or, or Comic-Con or wherever you end up playing them is you get you don't really get any context and you don't necessarily have somebody explaining to you what's going on. Yeah. So I remember trying the bird flying and not knowing what the hell was going on. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you and I are playing the other day, you know, in, the, in our in our big demo session. And finally, you know, Bill Trennan's there and he's like, well, this is how you do it. And it's like, oh. And suddenly it's like, oh, okay, yeah, suddenly exactly. Suddenly it makes a lot of sense and yeah. it's really intuitive. Yeah, and it was actually yeah. pretty easy, honestly. Yeah, exactly. And, and that, that, that component of it. And I was like, oh, okay. Because I remember at E3, I was like, what the hell is this? Well, it's funny. After he explained it, it really sort of does feel like a bird. flying as a bird because yeah. you're sort of flying with the wind yeah, and going yeah, up yeah. and down. Yeah, exactly. And so, so, I mean, like... What's cool about, I think, what we got to do, and, and again, you know, it's funny. We, so we played eight, nine hours, something yeah, like that, yeah. and you really don't even feel like you're scratching the surface. And then, moreover, like, but, but, but what, what, what's, what's, what's important is that we got a continuous experience. So we started mm-hmm. at the beginning. We weren't allowed to watch the opening cutscene cinematic thing. Yeah. Um, like we started to watch it, and we're like, ooh. And they're like, please skip. And we're like, He's like, gah. Yeah. So I, that, that actually has my curiosity because it, it seems. It must give away story or Story something. stuff, yeah. yeah. And it seems like um, there's a little more to the story than meets the eye. Mm-hmm. I mean, we really don't know a whole lot That's about it. That's the other thing is that the story in this is really important in this game. Yeah. Like, there's going to be a lot revealed about the Zelda universe, about yeah. the Master Sword, about all kinds of stuff that we haven't even seen yet. Well, because it feels kind of like. Um, you know, I mean, Ocarina of Time was the first Zelda game to really start building a continuity mm-hmm. for this 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 lore and this big legacy yeah. in it. I mean, Seems... there were story things before that, but Ocarina is the one that really it had cutscenes and yeah. placed a larger emphasis on the goddesses were introduced. Yeah, it, it kind of created a, a world sort of and a, a history and Zelda. stuff like that. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, like Zelda one and Zelda two are connected because it's like, well, Ganon's dead now, mm-hmm. and there we go. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you know, Link to the Past sort of had a little story unto itself, mm-hmm. but then they start you know kind of tying it all together with Ocarina, and everything starts to kind of piece together. And it seems like, I mean, this is before all of that, it looks like. Yeah, uh, yeah, this seems like... Creation of the Master Sword, Yeah, I mean, anyway, sort of said that this is the first game in the timeline. So, I mean, in that sense, um, and and this is one of the things you're going to be going into Mm. in a piece. um, Well, it's tomorrow's piece. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, we're going to start looking at, like, how does all this thread together? How do we Mm -hmm. think it threads together? How might it, you know, and that sort of stuff. But that's what's kind of so so we didn't get to see the opening scene and i think that's one of the reasons is because they want to keep some things close to their chest yeah. 
But you're considering how much we saw, that's amazing yeah. that there's still a ton yeah. of story stuff, a ton of the world that we yeah. haven't seen. Because yeah. it's going to be a big game. It's I think pretty so, exciting. For sure. And, I mean, they've already said uh, 100 minutes of cinematics, mm-hmm. um, which, I mean, I don't think any other Zelda even remotely approaches that. Oh, no, no. They um, don't Twilight had a fair amount, but uh, that wasn't. Not like that, though. Uh, no. Not 100, I don't mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, couldn't do that. But then, you know, basically what we did would be the equivalent of Ocarina of Time's Cookery Forest or Twilight Princess's uh, whatever the place was with the goats. <laughs> I don't know what that... Um, what was that called? Do you remember? Odin Village? Odin? Sure. Odin? 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 Someone's going to yell at us. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> that place. The goat, the goat village. Um, and what I thought was pretty remarkable was that I think this game does its introduction better than basically any other Zelda game with maybe the exception of Link to the Past because I always thought Link to the Past yeah, had a very say, that's the only one cool I would say opening. still rivals it but that's yeah. di- that's difficult to do in a 3D game because right. in a 2D game it's easy to just sort of jump right in there yeah. with the game exactly like go but and this you're like, one oh, okay. is like the just playing moving around using the swords a lot more yeah. intricate so yeah. they can I mean, really and they, do that they yeah. do in fairly short order because I mean we, we I, I said in my article we're talking about roughly the first couple hours of the game or mm-hmm. you know of what we play and um you know they teach you i mean they teach you the fundamentals like z targeting Mm -hmm. carrying stuff like that but then they're also teaching you all the sword play which is very different now it's very different um and if you think it's the same you're crazy yeah if you try to Um, waggle through this adventure like you did in twilight princess you will get your butt kicked you won't make it out of skyloft yeah and i mean we can't even really (laughs) give any more details than that like because we have some good examples yeah we can't uh, talk about we can't talk about those trust us this is not a waggle adventure i mean we even we even said it in the gear him boss fight Mm -hmm, stuff from e3 like and that that's a pretty good example although i think there may be better ones that we can talk Mm -hmm. about eventually but uh even when gear him like you you just try and flail at him and and it's not gonna work it's not gonna work yeah um you actually can kind of see it in the uh the combat trailer that was released so they, they released three trailers there was the sort of opening cinematic which uh is kind of the coolest one and then there's the r- so-called romance trailer and then there's a combat trailer so uh yeah. keep, keep an eye out for those but the combat trailer you can kind of see like link very deliberately is like raising his hand and sword in one direction and then comes down very deliberately and that's kind of actually how you have to play the game like yeah you know, kind of as if you were using a real sword. You yeah. Know, like- well, and that's kind of what was so great about us getting to sit down with the game. Is that in a sort of live demo environment, like at E3 or something, you don't really get the time to figure out how to use the oh, sword yeah. precisely or anything. You're just trying to sort of get along before they kick you out of the booth. So, mm-hmm. But when you actually have time to sit around with it and yeah. take your time with your sword, you realize that it, it really is one-to-one, and there's yeah. really so much strategy involved. Yeah, and then, um, you know, the other thing that really struck me, I mean, so, so they're teaching you a lot of stuff, and, and that's all we were really doing was going through the game's tutorial stuff, but and I, and this was sort of my focus on my piece today was just that, you know, especially in like Twilight Princess, because that's the one, you know, I really sort of played last. It was the last Zelda console game. Um, a lot of the tutorial stuff they were doing felt irrelevant and felt like it was kind of getting in your way of of what you actually wanted to do. And even when you kind of got out of the village a little bit, you're, you know, you're the wolf. And I thought the wolf stuff was cool, and I do like Midna. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you're kind of like, I just really want to be Link, and I want to go running around Hyrule and do stuff. Yeah. And so they don't, um, you know, you, you, you have the whole fly, idea of flying and stuff like that, but it's, it's such a different... Um, 
application of what you know the game's so-called gimmick which i I think is not the greatest word to call it but but uh, you know even with the flying and everything you're still link Mm -hmm. you're still exploring and stuff like that whereas when you were the wolf you weren't really doing that when you're herding goats you weren't really (laughs) doing that when you're getting a fish for the cat you weren't really doing that (laughs) That that's his favorite part of the game getting a fish for the cat like you know it's one of those things where it's like you know it is yes it is good to know how to fish in a zelda game because that's obviously something you need to do um the goat stuff you know does have some applications in some specific instances but at the same time the way they laid it out for you was very prohibitive to getting into the game and getting mm-hmm. sucked into that world one thing like i know a lot of people who started twilight princess and mm-hmm. they gave up like really early on right around mm-hmm. the, the wolf part because it was just so slow for them they thought that's how the whole game was going to be yeah and it isn't at all it doesn't it picks mm-hmm. up after that and it's a great game rich and i both really like that game yeah. but um no the intro section and Skyward Sword is a lot stronger. They sort of weave Hmm. the tutorial in with the story so you don't feel like you're just sitting there being forced to learn how to walk and jump. It's it's more interesting. And I mean, the the other thing they do cleverly is that the characters are more interesting. I mean, so so Mm -hmm. there's a couple things that work here. One is that the tutorials, by and large, the tutorials you're getting are... um, teaching you new things you don't know how to sword fight in this game i mean you you figure it out obviously but Mm -hmm. it's good to kind of have a brief introduction on how you're doing these controls because now they're different you know yeah yeah. i mean with with twilight princess you're like i just just sort of shake the remote a bit and and you're kind of fine you know i mean and if you're playing the gamecube version then it was just like well just just press b you know Mm -hmm. but like now it's like you have to be deliberate in your slicing so like your your combat tutorial is like Learn how to slide, uh, slice sideways, diagonally, forward. You know, like like a like a thrust. Uh, learn how to do the fatal blow. Mm-hmm. Learn how to do all these things, and it's different. You know, it, yeah, it, it feels helpful. different because it's funny because sort of both of us when we first picked it up, when we'd go up to an enemy, our first instinct was to just sort of yeah. shake it, and it did it didn't work at all. Yeah, and we were <laughs> chastised by Jabril Trinan yep. for doing it too, but. Uh, yeah, so I mean, so that that helps, you know, that helps these opening sequences because you are learning new things, and yeah. it, it kind of feels like, and, and 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 I'm not trying to directly compare Skyward Sword to Ocarina of Time mm-hmm. because that's going to put expectations in a very crazy place, yeah. but it does remind me of Ocarina of Time where I was learning things for the first time, where I felt like, gosh, this is new, mm-hmm. and and there is a great deal of that in how this plays out. Um, you know, you're learning to fly for the first time and trying to figure out how that works. And it actually feels very good once they explain to you what you're supposed to be doing. Um, yeah, I think what this game yeah. does really well is balance. It balances old Zelda concepts with fresh new ideas. It balances difficulty with simplicity. Yeah. It's yeah. really smart the way it, they're going about this. And there's a lot of just cool details in it, too. So, I mean, one, one of the things that really um, is such a small thing. It's not a spoiler. Um, you walk out of your door. This is like two minutes into the game link gets woken up he's always sleeping at the beginning of these games <laughs> and uh he gets up goes out of his door and there's a dude that's wearing his outfit but it's yellow <laughs> and it's pippet and you're right? like what yeah like, and the character's name is pippet and you're kind of like why are you wearing this outfit and it turns out that actually in fact that you're in a knight academy training to be a knight which how cool is that <laughs> yeah i mean that's awesome and then it's 
everybody who becomes a knight actually wears this kind of uniform. And it's just mm-hmm. little details like that are kind of cool to see. It's like, oh, that, that's, that's clever. That's, that's well done. Yeah. Um, and it's Pippet's a fun out. way to explain his tunic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it works fairly well. Um, and the other thing that works really well for the game is, by and large, all the characters are pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Zelda, you're kind of used to just being the maiden in distress. And, you know, I think in Twilight, she had a pretty strong character. But at the same time, she she's still getting kidnapped and stuff like that. Well, and just always, even in Twilight Princess, when she was sort of more strong in a silent way, she's always the princess. She's very much the princess, but she's not a princess. She's not a princess in this one. And um, what is interesting, I mean, I think it's no secret, and this isn't, um, this isn't breaking the embargo, Nintendo, (laughs) but, you know, it's no secret. You see the trailers, you kind of read up on the game in the past. Something happens to Princess, or, or Zelda, sorry, and uh, she gets, like, she's not captured, but she just goes, you know, she, she's whisked away by a whale tornado a thing. tornado <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. It's um, a lot like one of the nightmares from Link's Awakening, but uh, I don't know if it nice. is. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she, she, she still gets, you know, captured slash missing slash whatever. Uh, so that's, that is, like you were saying, old news. So yeah, that's exactly. the same, but... Up until that point, which is kind of the segment that we're able to talk about at this point, uh, she is nothing like you would really expect. She's, this is a Zelda we've never seen before. She's yeah. very sort of carefree, but she's got yeah. a little attitude. Yeah, she's like a spunk kind she's of just a like sass to her. Schoolgirl. It's really yeah. interesting to see Zelda without the burdens of being a princess on her. Yeah, 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 and and and. Uh, yeah, she's got like a, kind of a spunky, kind of <laughs> playful thing it's going like, on. Kind of like, whoa, don't mess with her. <laughs> yeah, and then and you can kind of see it in uh, if you do end up watching the romance trailer. But there's kind of a thing with her and Link, but it's hard to say exactly yeah, what. And that's and, really funny because I remember I asked Anuma about I remember that. This. He, I, I knew it when when <laughs> when this stuff started happening in in the opening segment, and then um, also you see it in the trailer. I was like, oh, Audrey's like. Dude lied to me. I know, because I, I asked him specifically. He looked me in the eye and he <laughs> lied. He said there's no romance between the two, which I mean. What's interesting is, is like, it's hard to say whether it's like playful affection of friends. They call it the romance trailer. I know, so. I know, exactly. That's but, kind um, of the weird thing. But it's like, it, it definitely seems like at least Zelda is that's, interested that's in That's what Link. I thought when I played it, too. It's yeah. funny, because we haven't actually discussed this. Is I thought it was a little one-sided. It does feel it a little one-sided. It seemed like she had a crush on him, mm. and he was just doop-de-doo, chopping yeah. grass, breaking pots, not yeah. really thinking of her in that doing, way. Doing things as Link does. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I mean, there's some stuff going on there. And again, you know, honestly, like, despite the, the incredible amount of time we put into this game, like... I honestly still have all these questions. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. and that's kind of cool, too. So, um, yeah, so kind of as we mentioned, like, it's, it's, you know, the opening segment is very different. It feels fresh. It feels quick. It goes quickly, actually. Yeah, it's funny because they um, are teaching you a lot, but it, it just rolls by. It's not like yeah. in Twilight Princess, in Princess, which, again, we loved that game. It's a yeah. great game. But yeah, yeah. Um, the and beginning, it, re- it dragged on. It really mm-hmm. did. Uh, this one is not like that. It just throws you right in. And, and it actually it throws a lot of stuff at you, you know, does, quickly yeah. in terms of training and story and character. And if you're not mm-hmm. getting story, you're getting character. And if you're not getting character, you know, kind of moments and, and yeah. character like interaction. Yeah, there's constantly something happening. Yeah, yeah. Which and is it, great. And it shifts around enough that 
you know, it's fine. And then the game also seems to operate an understanding that, yeah, it does kind of need to run through some of these basics. But mm-hmm. it also, I mean, at least when I was sort of watching and or playing, like, it kind of felt like they understand that most of the people that are playing this game are already going to know what's going on. Yeah. So, you know, they'd be like, yeah, so just press Z to, to, to lock on. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, and, and, and I think in pre- previous games, they're like, well, make sure you do it this way and this way and this way. And now it's just like, yeah, here or you Or like go. when you pick up a... Deku seed or something, you know, they don't yeah. spend six screens telling you how you can put it and equip it as an item and yeah. blah, blah, blah. It's just like, oh, you you found one. Move Here. along. Cool. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, and, and, you know, the learning is spread out a bit. Um, yeah. So anyway, I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, graphics. I think, I think Nintendo's giving more thought than they have probably in a while to yeah. their more hardcore fans, the fans yeah. who've been playing since the NES, because it's like with the HUD, you know, where you have the oh, right, option yeah. of turning the HUD off, basically, where you don't have to have the big Wiimote graphic there. And yeah, so, I mean, yeah, for people who may not be familiar with what we're talking about, for, you can see it in a lot of screenshots, and you can see it in a lot of E3 demos. Basically, on the right-hand side of the screen, this there's big, this big, ugly Wiimote. Yeah, yeah. It's like this like faint graphic of the Wiimote uh, with little labels and stuff all over it. And it's like, especially once you're kind of used to the controls, you're like, do not need, do not want. Yeah. You know? It's and, like something like your mom would need if you were yeah. showing her the game for yeah, the first time or something. Yeah, or if you're brand new. And it also feels like something that's set for an E3 demo. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that was one of the things that was bugging the heck out of me because I'm like, I do not want that on my screen the entire time. Yeah, it clutters time. up the screen hideous. terribly. Yeah. It looks terrible. And I mean, Zelda's, you know, it's a fairly cinematic game, you mm-hmm. know, and I mean, I don't want that. Get but, that off my screen. Yeah, we, we were pleased to find that you can actually yeah. turn pretty much everything on the HUD off except for like your yeah. hearts and mm-hmm. rubies, things you need to have up there. Yeah, there's some basic stuff in kind of the upper left, but you can clean up the screen pretty much. And then there's sort of an in-between mode that'll give you some basic like uh, the D-pad visual and like a couple other little bits, mm-hmm. um, which is a little more what I would say is like ocarina of time where you could always see the yellow buttons and some stuff like the c but, buttons yeah so. but i think it's a good step which shows that yeah. nintendo is thinking about their fans who sort of have been to this rodeo before you know yeah, yeah, so because yeah. i mean and, and there's more examples of that yeah. later too yeah we uh, can't really talk about everything which is difficult yeah. but um it, it's nice because in the past nintendo sort of had a problem with that where mm-hmm. they only think about the casual players going into yep. it so hopefully yep. this is a, a good sign of things to come yeah and i mean i think i think what also is really cool is that you can tell they're thinking of those players because so twilight princess to me as as much as i liked it did feel like someone was trying really hard to make ocarina of time like a more sophisticated darker edge uh, of ocarina of time and I like that game, but it's not Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. And, and partly because you can tell it's trying to do that again. Yeah. And so this, though, um, while considering everything that people have experienced before, is trying to deliver those ideas, but also at the same time is just doing new stuff. And it's mm-hmm. all these little details, you know, not not just the controls, but just little details. It's just, they're just everywhere. Um the graphics. The graphics. Um, we're going to talk about this again in, in detail in a feature, but um, anyone who says these graphics are bad 
is a moron. They're uh, crazy, yeah. I mean, this honestly is one of the better looking games I've seen in a while. And it's um, really unique what they're doing. It's yeah. a really smart way to use the Wii tech. It reminds me of, you know, and, and I'm not saying this looks good for a Wii game because honestly, I know that's mm-hmm. a phrase. I've used it and a lot of people use it. This game just looks good. Like, yeah, period. No, it does look great. Um, you know, sure. Uh, something like Skyrim has an incredible amount of detail, but that's what's cool about Skyward is I think in a lot of ways it is just as gorgeous as Skyrim, mm-hmm. but it does it in its very unique way. Why does Wind Waker still hold up today? Because it is a very unique art style exactly. that is very deliberately um, created and you know sort of put forth. And it holds up today. Like you look exactly. at Wind Waker screens, you're like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because it, you know? it's a kind of graphics that i mean it is made because of the limitations of the system sure, but it's the kind of no doubt. exactly but it's the kind of graphics just like wind waker that it's timeless yeah. you know in 20 yeah. years this game is still going to look gorgeous yeah and i mean it's and people will sit there and go well that's because they cut out all the detail but it's like it, it it's done with a style you know it's yeah. like you know do you sit there and chastise disney cartoons for <laughs> for having no for not having real people in it. yeah and i mean it, it, it almost kind of reminds me of the same debate between like um you know three 3D cartoons and 2D cartoons and a lot of th- old 3D cartoons don't necessarily hold up that well because no, they're just they very basic looking you're like well where's all the detail they should have detail but then you look at some classic 2D cartoons and you're just like this is timeless because they fully realized that art style yeah, and they, that's just what Skyward Sword does exactly they chose a style and they stuck to it and you know Skyward yeah okay you could probably move that in HD and you'd get some crisper designs and some crisper edges and stuff but Honestly, it looks great. Um, there's yeah, there's a very bold color palette that they mm-hmm. use. Um, it's very beautiful, very painterly. Yeah, very vivid, just in terms of the realization of the world. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and it's a great match for Zelda because I mean, if you look at the like a link to the past, it's very vibrant colors. It reminds me a lot of like specific. link to the past. Yeah, it really does. It, it does. really captures that. Just it's, in a it's 3D honestly world. the the 3D link to the past. I would say. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ocarina of Time and a lot of those games never really went that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, this does have, the, you know, because Link to the Past was very colorful it and was, very bold yeah. and very clear in how it was designed. And, you know, a lot of sprite games were, sprite-based games yeah, were. Yeah, yeah. And um, this is kind of like that. It reminds me a lot of that. Um, sure, there's there's some things that I would love to see changed or and or that you can tell the Wii is sort of holding it back. Like, um mm-hmm. So one of the clever things they do to to avoid taxing the system too much is that they reduce the draw distance, mm-hmm. um, but they don't do fog. Um, what they do is they sort of use this blur effect um, on on the perimeter of like backgrounds, and what it does is sort of kind of gives this sort of a broad wash look to the yeah. environment where it's very primitive looking, like a background to a yeah. painting. Yeah, it's kind. Of, it's kind of clever that they're doing that. It's very. Because, it's, very uh, it's very artistically. Yeah, because the, the yeah. art style sort of looks like an impressionistic painting, like mm-hmm. Monet or something. And mm-hmm. so when it blurs in the background, it sort of lends to that. It just feeling. sort of fits in. Yeah. The weird part is, is that every now and then you'll notice they're actually doing it fairly close to you, mm-hmm. but because of the style of the game, you don't always notice. But when you do, you're kind of like, oh wow, they're doing this actually very close yeah. to me. Yeah. So you kind of wish that they would sort of you know cut that out but um (laughs) there's only so much they can do and honestly most of the time you'll never know yeah you'll never know like when you're when you're running around on skyloft you'll never know why because there are clouds in the background yeah exactly care what the if the clouds are crisp or not um and i think all this is also just really enhanced by just an incredible animation style oh yeah um these things this stuff is just gorgeously animated and and there's nothing we can 
that I can think of that we can really talk about in terms of Skyloft that really makes sense, like like that that's a yeah. good example of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, so so you're talking about vivid colorization and and animation and just very clever applications to kind of keep the Wii from choking to death. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing that really works really well for the most part is just like character design, creature mm-hmm. design. Um, the um, birds, the crimson, what are they called? Uh, loft wings. Loft wings, yeah. Loft loft wings. Wings. Um, those have a cool look to them. Mm-hmm. Um, the characters are all pretty good. I mean, Zelda, I think, has a very timeless, playful look. Really fits her character. It does. At first, it's a shock because just coming off of Twilight Princess, like we've been saying, it's mm-hmm. a very different Zelda. She acts yeah. different, she looks different, but once you get used to the fact that she's not going to look like Twilight Princess Zelda, and yeah. she's very cool looking. Yeah, because I mean, very- I, I love the design of Twilight. Princess Zelda, I think she's got mm-hmm. kind of this cool re- regal nobility thing yeah, going on calm. and just majestic and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that was really cool. Um, plus, it lends well to sort of very late in the game where she comes fucking awesome. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you know, th- that all works fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, this one is really, really cool, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in a different way. Very different way. Very cool. Um, the the only character that I don't like all that much, but it works for what it is, is um, Groose, which <laughs> yeah. is, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's basically Biff Tannen from Back to the Future. So for those of you who don't remember, he's the guy who's like, McFly, McFly. He's always like, you know, the big burly dude from Back to the Future that's always like menacing uh, Michael J. Fox just and like his dad. like the big dad. guy, not too smart, just yeah, picks on people. big burly dude. So. The weird part is is that Goose really reminds me of Biff and looks a lot like Biff and and it it fits you know it, it he actually serves a pretty important role mm-hmm. just in terms of that opening act and kind of getting things moving along but at the same time you're just like okay you know okay, but but it, yeah, yeah, yeah. it works, works it, it works for that um, yeah so let's see what else are we talking about and there's another character that we should talk about sure go. certain headmaster. Yeah, spoilers if you care. Spoilers, I mean, but you probably I already it's heard. It's not even that um, bad. That guy that we saw in the trailer, it, it is Kapoor Gabora before yeah. he was an owl. Uh, and, yeah, I guess we. I mean, we got to figure he becomes an owl somehow or yeah. something. Well, in Ocarina, it says that um, he was an ancient sage. Okay, so I guess that's what he's something doing now. Here, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so he's Zelda's dad. Mm-hmm. He's and, Zelda's dad. He's the headmaster of the Night Academy. Yeah. And and, um, yeah, I mean, it's the good. eyebrows and him <laughs> laughing like, hoo, 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 doesn't give it away. Yeah. yeah. That's Kapora Kapora. Yeah. And it's cool because and this is another one of those things where it's like a hint and, and sort of a nod to Zelda fans mm-hmm. while just kind of working if you don't know Zelda. Because like, as we played through the first few minutes of the game, I was freaking out. I was like, Rich, that's Kapora Kapora. Look at yeah. the eyebrows. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then it finally revealed it. And yeah. I was so, so I forget. pleased we, with we myself. I forget. We ran around and it was like a sign on a door, I think. You yeah, spotted it's, it or just something. on his door. It said Headmaster Gabora. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's one of those cool things because it's like, who knows what happens? Who knows how that works? You know, yeah. we're not that far into the game, really. But they could, um, they could reveal it. We don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, they could leave it for a sequel, potentially. Yeah, um, yeah. But, um, but, like, if you've never played a Zelda game before, that's going to fly right over your head. But there are tons of, again, we can't talk about a lot of them, but there mm-hmm. are tons of just little things like that, that if you've yeah. been a Zelda fan all these years, it's just going to be great to see all these things yeah and and we'll get into um some of the other things later because they like to sort of 
toy with the Zelda fans too. I remember mm-hmm. there's some stuff later on where I was like, oh, so I should do this, and that's actually not quite what you're supposed yeah, to be they doing. Sort of, some things like that. Some of these things which you can't talk about sort of question your own <laughs> uh, like, Zelda you sensibilities, um, yeah. but it works in a great way because it makes you think about Zelda yeah. in a new way. Yeah, I, I I remember one moment specifically later on. <laughs> it's tricky. Yeah, um, good luck. But you know, you were playing. And I was literally like kind of jumping out of my seat because it like it was getting pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been a long time since I've uh, felt that way about a Zelda game. I'm like, well, um, like uh, there have been some amazing Zelda games. I mean, the final recently, sequence of Twilight Princess. They yeah. haven't been as difficult. I mean, the, fi- the final sequence of Twilight Princess had me really excited. Mm-hmm. But that was, a, I kind of feel like that was probably the only major sequence in Twilight Princess that really got me excited. I enjoyed the entire game. But it was only till the very end where I was like, yes. You There's know? the dragon huh? fight. The dragon fight, though. Which, from where? Twilight Princess, where you're flying from tower to tower. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was cool. That was cool. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I was like, which one? Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, anyway, let's see. What else? Anything else we can cover? I mean, again, we're, it was so early. Um, Skyloft yeah. itself is, is, is fairly big. But, like, it's bigger than, like, Cookery. It's bigger than mm-hmm. like his his little village in Twilight Princess. Yeah, it's bigger than you would think, just looking at the trailers. Yeah, there's a, like to lots of little there's, there's, places to yeah, go. Yeah, I mean, there's and... the whole Night Academy. There's a sparring area. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's, there's a, a whole bazaar. There's, there's a bazaar with all sorts of little yeah. shops. Um, there's a graveyard. Mm-hmm. Um, no sign of Dompe yet. Yeah, right. <laughs> there's uh, there's a Beatles shop, which um, has been revealed. I think I think Miyamoto talked about that at some point. Yeah. Um, there's a. I think there's a few other little yeah, things. Yeah, just little little things to do. Little there. odds and ends. Um, I feel like I'm missing some big ones. Oh, there's well, there's a lake. There's a giant ass lake, and <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a giant that. cave. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's pretty cool. Um, I'm trying to think, I think that's about it. You know, the one thing that, that I didn't get to notice, but this is kind of the environment we were playing it in, which was actually a fairly big room with some other TVs going, but I didn't really notice the music too much. So I'm yeah. actually looking forward to like getting the game myself and kind of sitting in a quieter setting to kind of experience the music. Because I mean, I've liked that, you know, you guys heard it at the opening of the podcast and whatnot, but you know, the music has been for the trailers has been pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I haven't really heard enough of it to really have an impression. Which is, it's orchestrated. It's great. <laughs> which is awesome. Um, I guess, you know, the other thing is there's no voice acting, right? So yes, that's there's no obvious. voice acting. Uh, but the, the dialogue is cool. It's clever. It's witty. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what else would you expect? Um, that's about it, I guess. Yeah, and again, you know, we're probably going to do a few more Zelda-based podcasts later yeah, because yeah, as, we're as under we're the allowed. strict embargoes. We can't yeah. really talk about the stuff later in the game, which is where it really starts to get juicy. Exactly. But, um, as as um, you know, as we are able to talk about more, we'll come back. We'll do more. Um, we'll try and do these in addition to regular NBCs, though. You know, this is it's difficult to get away and do this sort of stuff. So. Um, and then, you know, eventually we'll be doing Q&As. We'll do some mm-hmm. of that stuff for you guys. As we get really close to launch, we'll probably do some sort of live show. Um, and then, again, like I said, you know, if you have questions, write into Nintendo at IGN.com. 
And then, you know, also just keep in mind that if, especially like, you know, we're talking about control and graphics in here, um, and we haven't really addressed that in written form yet, but we will. We um, will. And like we just, talked a little about it here, but we'll go into greater detail. You know, like you said, we've spent eight yeah. to nine hours of this game. So we have a lot of notes, a lot of yeah. things. Yeah. To, I mean, we literally about. sat down inside of like 20 minutes the other day and we're like, well, we want to talk about this and this, this and this and this and this and this. Yeah. And that's just based off of what we played so far. And then, you know. So anyway, you know, just stick around on IGN. We'll have a lot more to do in the future. Um, lots of Zelda on your way. Only about seven or so weeks until mm-hmm. the game comes yeah. out. So it's, it's ti- if you're not already excited, it's time to get excited. Get this excited. game is looking really good. Yeah, and I mean, that's based off of what we're able to talk to you mm-hmm. about and what we can't talk to you about yet. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the, the thing to keep in mind is that um, I liked the intro. You know, mm-hmm. I thought the opening couple hours or so of what we've been writing about was really good. Um, but that's nothing compared to what you'll hear about in the future. Exactly. So, so be excited yeah. and stay tuned to IGN Nintendo for all the latest on Skyward Sword. Word. Keep it cool, Koopalings. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.